Hello everyone, and thank you for tuning in this day, evening, or afternoon to Thurston's 3. Really appreciate you being here with me today. I do apologize, last week we had some delays, which meant that no content was posted, and by delays I really just mean some mental health stuff I was working through. I don't expect for that to be a problem, a continual problem anyway going forward, but the good thing about being sort of the creator, editor, and supporter of this project is that I can kind of post whenever I want. I did want to start by saying that it is my intention from this podcast forward that the series will regularly upload every Tuesday and Thursday. So it's a semi-weekly podcast normally, and you can normally expect broadcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Again, there might be vacations, there may be obstacles that get in the way of that, but I want you as a listener to be assured that Tuesdays and Thursdays you can listen to this show. I have some pretty interesting topics, I think, for today's episode of Thurston's 3. So, I'm still at a point with this series where I'm trying to gauge what you, the listener, resonate the most with. Again, the formatting of these episodes is pretty free and open. It gives me a lot of opportunity and flexibility, and I think it's good for you as a listener because if one topic of conversation doesn't interest you, there's something else there for you. But I do still care about like what my what takes I have on things that are most interesting to folks. And so for the next few podcasts, I'm doing something a little experimental. So for this podcast, for example, all the topics we have today are going to be about food. And all the topics we have for our next podcast are going to be about music. And we'll probably do one on movies. And the reasoning for this is if I see that um, there's some interest generated in any one of those topics then I will make an effort to include that regularly as a segment. It's not to say that the podcast in its entirety will become about that thing, but it'll get a reoccurring segment. So if I have some takes on food that people find interesting to listen to, you can bet you every single episode there's going to be a food segment. And uh, the same with movies or music, or at least one of the three. Those are, anyway... I think the the topics I'm most interested in in my life in general. It's funny, outside of doing acting and just theater, I really don't have a lot of hobbies. I, I guess that's a really a pretty unique hobby for some people. I mean, for me, I think of it more as my career. But for some people, theater is their hobby. I guess you could say travel is a hobby of mine. And that's, that's pretty interesting. But besides that, I'm a pretty simple guy, you know? I just like... I like to come home, unwind with a little snack, listen to some good music, watch a good movie. I'm not the best at keeping up with current trends either, so it's not like I'm always going to have all the latest on the newest Netflix series or anything like that. But I do enjoy just kind of unwinding in that regard. So, today's three subjects. 
surf and turf at McDonald's? Question <laughs> mark. And I do think it's funny that I'm both kind of acting out surf and turf, and then also still including the question mark. I just want you to be completely sure that this is a weird topic. So I'm um, I'm characterizing this uh, in an acting sense, and then also just literally saying question mark at the end. So surf and turf at McDonald's question mark, and then we're gonna follow that up with pop tarts versus toaster strudel. And then follow that up with goober peanut butter slash goober peanut butter and jelly. Okay, surf and turf at McDonald's. I have some big news for you if you weren't aware of this already. And it's pretty major, so you might want to brace yourself. I'll give you some time to, to get in the zone. Okay, are you ready? You ready for the biggest news of your life? Okay. McDonald's has... A new release. That's right. A fast food restaurant comes up with a new promotional product line. Who would have thought? I know. It's absurd, but here we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have these new things out called menu hacks. And what I find really interesting about the menu hacks is that they're things that I've always known as the secret menu. So... You know, a lot of the stuff that's on it isn't new. It's stuff that you would read and um, read about in internet forums years ago, and probably stuff people have been doing for even longer than that. Like, for example, there's the Surf and Turf, and then there's the Land, Air, and Sea. Um, there's a few other sandwiches specifically that seem to come from this sort of online internet community, or at least, I guess you could call it maybe street names for it that and they're the same names that corporate mcdonald's is using that have been around forever so i remember reading like in 2011 when i was you know much younger about the land air and sea burger and so i know it's something people have been doing for a while so i do think it's interesting that mcdonald's went ahead and named a few of the items after things people had already been doing I will say, they have something, and I think this was always a thing, but it's, okay, well, let me just explain. Okay, so they have um, a new sandwich on this menu hack promotion called the Crunchy McDouble. And I find it really interesting because it's sort of a parody of the most iconic of all the secret menu items, which was, I can't exactly say the name of it, because this is a PG-13 podcast and I feel like it goes a little bit beyond adult situations it's pretty full-on to say the name of this so I will go ahead and call it the McDang Blang it's the sandwich which rhymes with the McDang Blang so that was the most iconic of all the secret menu items and this was something that was essentially a McDouble meets a McChicken so this was first talked about years ago when both of those items were still only a dollar. And, you know, it's like two bucks. You got yourself something that you can pretend is pretty cool and posh. And in reality, it's just a crappy double cheeseburger with a crappy chicken sandwich. But people really liked the McDang Blang. I do think it's interesting they've went with the Crunchy McDouble. I, I, I think it's always been a thing to put chicken nuggets and a double cheeseburger together. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure I've read 
that was a secret menu thing people did before this. But I do find it interesting because I do think the McDang Blang was way more iconic. And it is interesting that I understand why they want to want to use the name which rhymes with McDang Blang in a promotional thing that's going to go out to McDonald's all over the United States. You know, they don't want to advertise that, and that makes sense to me. But it is interesting that any sort of, I guess you could say, nod to the McDang Blang sandwich has been completely erased. So no McChicken meets no McDouble. It's going to be double cheeseburger meets chicken nuggets. Or maybe McDouble meets chicken nuggets. Really, the only difference is one has an extra slice of cheese. So not going to make a big difference there one way or the other. But again, th these were all things that for years, I think, were more or less referred to kind of in the, I guess you could call them urban legend in a way. <laughs> Uh, they, they were always referred to as the secret menu, I thought. But uh, McDonald's has decided to release these and call them menu hacks, and one of which is the Surf and Turf. Surf and Turf is one of those that has been a lot around for a long time as well. Like right there with McDang Blang, right there with Land, Air, and Sea. What the Surf and Turf is, if you're thinking it's Flamignon and Lobster Tail, I'm sorry to say, but you're wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is not. It is a quarter pounder meets a filet of fish. So, if you were thinking of pulling a fast one up for Valentine's Day and being like, honey, we're going to go get surf and turf, and she's like, oh, sweetheart, how wonderful. And then you rock up at McDonald's, I'm just letting you know right now, it's it's not going to go well. <laughs> like, maybe you'd still do that because you're a jerky partner to your your significant other. <laughs> but it's not like you can roll up there and get steak and shrimp or anything that you traditionally think of or comes to mind when you think surf and turf. It's a quarter pounder meets... Actually, no, it's not a quarter pounder. Oh, ooh. my brain is playing tricks on me. I'm recording this at 9 o'clock at night, and maybe I'm already a little sleep-deprived. <laughs> but uh, it's actually a double cheeseburger meets a filet of fish Now now I'm a little confused. I'm wondering if I had read about the Surf and Turf years ago, and it was that the, the person who at least posted online about it had used a quarter pounder and a filet of fish But at least for now... On the official mini hack promotion at McDonald's, it's double cheeseburger meets filet fish So, in a way, that's even worse. <laughs> in a way, that's even worse, right? Because I know a couple years back, McDonald's came out and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna start using real meat for our quarter pounders," and everyone was like, "Oh, but what about the other burgers?" And McDonald's said, D "Don't worry about it. Just, just, just don't worry about it. It's fine." <laughs> That, that's what they said they were like no it's just you know it's just just the core powders that's what we're going to work on we're just going to get really good quality meat for quarter powders but double no 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 quarter pounders <laughs> um so a little worse than how i originally was painting the picture to you 
But one interesting thing about it, especially with it being a double cheeseburger as opposed to a McDouble, is at least you have some extra cheese there. You've got two extra slices of cheese as opposed to, um, you know, just having, I guess, plain burgers with a filet of fish. So that's something at the very least. And I guess I'll go ahead and tell you my experience with it. So I wanted to try one of these menu hack items because... I've always been a little curious in the novelty of it. I've heard stories that there are some McDonald's you can actually go to and ask for these things by name and they'll make it for you. I've heard that but I haven't experienced that myself. So for the most part, these are things that you know people talk about and then they just make it in their car on their own and then they're sad. <laughs> no, they're not sad. But that, that's, that's basically how it goes down. So I, I was intrigued when McDonald's said, basically, screw it. We're going to come out. We're going to come out and we're going to just release these sandwiches that people are making already. And I was like, oh, I bet. Like, that's kind of cool. I'll try it. I wouldn't have picked the surf and turf, to be honest. I would have probably have gone land, air, and sea. Now, the reason I say that isn't because I like the idea of it. The land, air, and sea sandwich is a Big Mac meets... And the chicken meets a flay of fish. It's not necessarily that that sounds more appealing to me than how the surf and turf sounds. It's just that I feel like it's a little bit more, more gimmicky. <laughs> and I know you might think, oh, that's weird. Why would you want to eat something that's more gimmicky? Well, I guess I just feel like, I mean, if you go down that road anyway, we'll just go down that road, you know? So that's how it would have gone. But I, you could now you can only order these through the app. I should have said that. You can only order these through the app. So you know this is really an attempt for McDonald's to steal your personal information. You know, send you a bunch of promotional stuff, that sort of thing. I, I, that's how I feel about it anyway. It's just kind of to bombard you with notifications. But anyway, you can only order it through the app. And so I, I have the app, I, I used it. I saw that there was a deal though. It said if you get a surf and turf, you get a free drink and a free fry. And I was like, oh, I'll bet. So I guess I'll just get that. And you know, they, they won me over with that promotion. And so I ordered it on the app. Really easy experience there. Pulled up curbside. It was brought out to my car. Great, great there. No problems there at all. Really friendly staff at this McDonald's. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty excited about this. I open the bag, though, and then I realize that it's not the items put together. It's the individual items to make the surf and turf. So instead of giving me one sandwich, they have given me a double cheeseburger and a filet of fish. And at first, I was so mad. I was furious. I was like, oh, these stupid rednecks of this mcdonald's they don't even know how to make it yada 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 and then i calmed down and i was like okay there's to chill this can only be ordered through the mobile app a lot of people maybe don't want that mobile app maybe a lot of people don't want to be bombarded with the notifications for what is essentially just mcdonald's you know maybe they'd be willing to download an app for lots of things but maybe they draw the line at mcdonald's so I thought that's a possibility, and it could just be that because I live in a smaller town, that no one in this small town 
had really ordered this before I did. And I ordered this up last week, so it would have been pretty much right after the promotion started. And so I was like, okay, so corporate McDonald's just didn't take enough time to train the franchisees and the employees that work for them how to make these sandwiches. So I shouldn't be mad at this local McDonald's. That's essentially the conclusion I came to. But then I realized it was something quite irritating. I went back on my app to look at the menu hacks, and in really small writing, under each of the little banners, it says, build it yourself. Excuse me? Build it myself? I feel like the whole appeal of this is that you're building it for me. Because otherwise, I could have been doing this for, for literally decades now. You know, I mean, this was something we were always able to do. We were always able to get a double cheeseburger and a filet of fish and put them together in our car. Like, <laughs> that's always something that we had as an available option to us. I feel like what's gimmicky and cool about it is that you're doing it for me. And it really was irritating to me how it was advertised. Because, you know, you see the sandwich, it's all nice and put together. It's put together. That's what bothers me in the picture. It's put together. You see... You know, it's all nice and layered. One um, burger patty, one filet of fish, and then one burger patty underneath. You know, it's all nice and how a fake fast food sandwich sandwich looks in the picture. And then it's got, you know, in big, huge font, surf and turf. And then in just the smallest little font in the corner, build it yourself. And I just, I really don't understand. And I, I didn't understand so much... I was really, I was frustrated about this pretty much the whole day, to the point where when I um, called my fiancé that night after I had gotten this sandwich, I explained what happened, and she very rightly pointed out to me, well, hey, if it was cheaper, it's still worth it. And now, let's just marinate on that for a minute. If it's cheaper, then it is still worth it. While it's irritating that they're packaging it to you in such a way where you're thinking you're getting something, but in fact you're getting individual items, which you could always get without a mobile app, you are maybe getting a discount there. So let's say you have some buddies. Like let's say you and two friends want to go to McDonald's and one of you wants like a Big Mac and one of you wants a McChicken and one of you wants a... Uh, what's the other? A filet of fish. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my, my marbles here. <laughs> so you could just get the land, air, and sea burger on the menu hack, and then each of you has a sandwich, and it's cheaper. Or, you know, you could just eat them all yourself. I mean, I'm not judging. I, I, I probably would. Depends on the day, right? <laughs> Depends on the day. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. If it is actually cheaper, then it's that's fair. I hate to say this, and maybe you're coming to me for more information about this topic, and if you are, I want to apologize. I can't really shed any light on this subject, because while I did pay for this for myself, imagine that, paying for your own food, um, I, I don't really know if it is any cheaper, because it already came with the one promotion for the free fry and drink. 
So I essentially got a combo upgrade for free. That's where it gets a little hazy. So I don't know really if the sandwich itself was cheaper. I will say this. It was, I think, around six seventy nine. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good deal for like th that in a combo meal. And it's like a new novelty sort of thing. So why not? But I do think six seventy nine is how much it would cost to buy a double cheeseburger and to buy a filet of fish because those are two of the cheaper kind of sandwiches you can get at McDonald's. Like those and like the McChicken are kind of the cheaper ones you can get. So I wouldn't be surprised if I did end up paying for this one sandwich what it would normally cost to buy those two sandwiches separately. And again, for me, where the value really kind of came in at was the promotion for the free fry and drink, which was, by the way, the best part of it. So let's get into that. How did it taste? Um, hmm. If you were hoping for me to just completely destroy it, that's not going to happen. Now, I do feel like I kind of destroyed how they advertised it. But honestly, I don't really have so many complaints as far as the taste itself. It was just unremarkable, you know? It was 5 out of 10. It wasn't good or bad. What I will say is that... I think the the hamburger, the cheeseburger patties were really working overtime to make up for where the filet of fish lacked. Because the thing is, fish sandwiches are gross. And I'm just going to say it. There, fish sandwiches are gross. I'm someone who has been very fortunate and blessed to have spent some time overseas. I've lived in Australia. I've visited the United Kingdom. Those are two places where you can get good fish at a fast food restaurant. But not sandwiches, mind you. If I came up to my mates in Australia and said, Hey, lads, we're getting fish and chippies for dinner on me. Everyone would lose their mind. Ah, oh, fish and chippies. I love fish and chippies. But <laughs> if I came up to my homeboys here in the States and I was like, Hey, guys, let's go get fish sandwiches. They'd be like, what are you? Are you crazy or something? Do we need to, like, drive you to an insane asylum? <laughs> what's, the, what's the issue here? Because I, I don't understand what the difference is. It could just be that fish and chip shops overseas, I guess they're not really typically chains. They are family-owned. They still operate like fast food restaurants, mind you, but they tend to be independent from each other. So maybe that's the difference. But for some reason, an outsider could be forgiven if they thought the mere application of bread is what ruins the fish, because that's how it really seems. I don't know what it is. There's only one fast food restaurant in the entire United States where I would recommend their fish sandwich, and that's a little regional chain here in North Carolina called Dario's. They have an excellent fish sandwich. And maybe, you know, there's some mom-and-pop places that do too, but for the most part, there's nowhere you can really get a good fish sandwich, and they're not good. And <laughs> I know the filet of fish particularly at McDonald's, has a cult following. It's crazy for me to think of, but that is something that actually does exist. I have met people, granted, usually people who are a little older than me, but people nonetheless, <laughs> they count, 
who will swear by the filet of fish that will say it's the best fast food sandwich ever it's all i get when i go to mcdonald's and you know i can just respectfully disagree with that because i don't think the filet of fish is that good at mcdonald's so i felt like maybe all the filet of fish really did is add a little bit of crunch mind you not that much crunch because they tend to not be as crunchy as they really should be there's our nice crunchy outside breading that's just kind of flaky all around but what little crunch was there i guess maybe added a little something but mostly yeah just kind of flavorless fish with uh, mcdonald's double cheeseburger I guess I have to give it some credit for being flavorless, though, because the thing is, fish can get a lot worse than flavorless. Now, when you want really good seafood, you don't want it to taste like seafood. I know that sounds weird, but people who like seafood will kind of know what I'm talking about. So, if you have fish and it tastes fishy, it is awful. It sucks. What you want from seafood is for it to taste light and for it to be kind of fragrant and for it to just, you know, be uh, meaty. But more than anything, just like I said, very light. You don't really want it to have that kind of strong sea odor, that kind of awful aftertaste that's just gross, rancid fish. You don't want that. And so considering that's how bad fish could be on its worst day... I appreciate that this filet of fish was mostly just flavorless. That was nice. <laughs> and it wasn't nice, but it was nicer than it could have been anyway. And yeah, I, I, I think it was just average. I think that was probably, interestingly enough, maybe one of the best double cheeseburgers I've had in a really long time. Because I will generally get a double cheeseburger if I go to McDonald's. Which, by the way, isn't a lot. I tend to like my more North Carolina fast food chains if I am going fast food at all. A lot of times these days I just go mom and pop because I feel like these days they're just as cheap. I mean, when a Big Mac combo is like $8, $10, why don't I just go to the <laughs> the small uh, family takeout place in town that's $10, you know? It just doesn't make any sense to go to McDonald's anymore, in my opinion. But if I do go, I tend to get a double cheeseburger. And this was a better one. Like, we're talking nice hot cheeseburger, nice, nicely seasoned, good cheese. So I think they were really working overtime to make up for where the filet of fish lacked. And that's really what made it just kind of average. Now, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've got two solutions to all, everything I, I brought up today and how to make it better. So I've got a solution to help. McDonald's promote these menu hack items. So this is something maybe not for you as a listener, but if you know someone who works for McDonald's, send this through. And obviously higher level, not just a store employee, but someone who works, you know, in a corporate role, send this through. And then I got a suggestion for you of how you can make a surf and turf at McDonald's, but it actually tastes good. So let's go with that one first. So as it stands, it's a pretty average sandwich, which on a bad day, could probably be the worst thing you ever ate. How do we make it, not the best thing you ever ate, but good, 7 out of 10? Like, how do we raise it up 2 points? I think the solution 
is the McChicken. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, he's making the McGang. Oh, <laughs> he's making the McDang Blang sandwich. But I'm not. And here's why. You have to bear with me for a second here. So like the McDang Blang sandwich, <laughs> we're going to combine a McChicken and a McDouble slash double cheeseburger. Pick your poison. I don't care. It's not going to make a difference. <laughs> we're going to combine those things like we would if we were making that. But we're going to add something. So no filet of fish, McDouble, McChicken. On the McDouble, you're going to ask for tartar sauce. Boom. Mind blown. I know. Because the fish was very flavorless. It didn't have anything. Like, it didn't have a nice, light, fragrant seafood taste like you're wanting. But it also didn't have an awful fishy taste, which that would be bad, mind you. But it didn't have either of those, so it was flavorless. What's a very neutral meat? Chicken. So, you kind of just solve the meat problem right there by just using a big chicken instead, you know? It'll just taste a little bit nicer, but still be pretty neutral and not overwhelm it. But the tartar sauce is going to be where you get the surf flavor and the surf and turf. So, what I'm essentially suggesting is you make a turf and turf and just add tartar sauce. Because I gotta give McDonald's credit where credit is due. They have some good sauces. I did think while I was eating that surf and turf, wow, this tartar sauce is actually pretty lit. And this could just be me. But I was like, huh, if there's a reason for the filet of fish to have its followers, it's probably this tartar sauce because it's sure not the little fish patty, the, the filet of fish as it were. <laughs> It's definitely not that. So yeah, if you want the surf and turf at McDonald's, and you're going to have to make it yourself anyway, so you might as well do this. Just get a McChicken, then get a McDouble, and ask for the McDouble to have tartar sauce. And boom, you are probably out for cheaper, and, you have, and you're going to have something which tastes a lot nicer. So that's, that's my suggestion to you. I know it's pretty crazy. I know maybe that was hard to follow, <laughs> but I really think if you want surf and turf at McDonald's, that's your best bet. Turf and turf with tartar sauce. Now, how do I think McDonald's corporate should start packaging this promotion? I don't like that it's menu hacks. Menu hacks feels cold and unforgiving, much like the internet and technology at large. I like secret menu. There's something about it which feels kind of prestige, like you're in an inner circle. You're in a club which no one knows about. So, I think they need to remarket this. And there's one man who can do this. One man can save this promotion. And it's time we bring him back. I'm suggesting McDonald's bring back the Hamburglar. I know. But desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think Hamburglar can absolutely save this. Just think about the commercial. 
Hamburglar breaks into the McDonald's secret vault. He finds all these secret menu items and unleashes them on the public for them to eat. And here's the real best part. They're already made for you. So the Hamburglar discovered the secret menu items. And then he gave them to us. I really think he's the man for the job. I don't think anybody but the Hamburglar can save this promotion. Because as it stands, the promotion sucks. The promotion's bullcrap. <laughs> and maybe that's the most candidate I've been in this whole, you know, however long segment on the subject. But it's how I feel. I mean, if you're going to end up charging me the exact same amount for two individual sandwiches, but sell it to me as if I'm getting something cool, then I'm just going to be a little upset by it. And I think that really just seeing the Hamburglar's adorable, mischievous face <laughs> is the only thing that's going to make it better. You put it together for me, you bring back the Hamburglar, I'm interested. As of right now, it's a pass. If you're wondering whether you should get it or not, I mean, if you're interested in the gimmick and the novelty of it, if you're like, oh, this will be kind of fun to do once, or you want to play a prank on your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner or whoever then I, and you want to be like hey let's go get surf and turf honey and then you roll up at mcdonald's and you're like <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to do that have at it you know but i think those are the only reasons to really go for it other than that i have to say it's a strong pass and i suggest you not waste your money on it so those are my thoughts on surf and turf at mcdonald's question mark please bring back the hamburglar hamburglar 2022 or if you want to do it on uh, a not midterm election year 2024 honestly i'd probably rather vote for the hamburglar at this point than any other u.s politician so <laughs> next topic of conversation pop tarts versus toaster strudel now uh, this is raising a debate this topic of conversation and i may have some feelings on this debate which you won't agree with but that's why it's a debate one of us has to take a side and you as a listener have to either agree or reject everything i say because that's how debates work I present my case, and you're either buy into it or you hate it, and I don't really care. So, I think I'll just go ahead and tell you that Toaster Strudel wins in this fight for me. And I think it's a real shame because I don't think Pop Tarts really ever stood a chance. The issue with the Pop Tart may not even lie so much in the Pop Tart itself, but in the unfortunate habits of the American consumer. Pop-Tarts tell us that we should toast them. But do we? No. No, we do not. We insist on having a big old box of Pop-Tarts and grabbing one as we run out the door and go about our busy lives. And uh, the Pop-Tart greatly suffers for this. It's unfortunate that the Pop-Tart is both a convenience food and a breakfast food. Because when it's a breakfast food, while it's still not as good as Toaster Strudel, it does stand up more of a... It has more of a fighting chance against it. And there are maybe some 
toaster strudels, I wouldn't like as much or I wouldn't regard as much as, say, a nice, warm brown sugar Pop-Tart. I think it's just brown sugar. Maybe it's cinnamon brown sugar, but anyway, the brown sugar Pop-Tart is probably my favorite. And, yeah, so I just think it's really disadvantaged because of how we eat it. Because when you don't toast the Pop-Tart, it's just so dry. You take a bite of it, and it just feels like the Sahara Desert in your mouth. It's horrible. I feel like you wouldn't think the simple application of heat would fix that. But I guess it just sort of makes the inside filling a little bit more runny, the top icing a little bit more runny, and maybe it's just as simple as that. But yeah, when you just eat it straight from the pack, it just feels so dry. And it is still pretty dry even when you heat it up, especially compared to a toaster strudel, but it is less dry. Now, I'll tell you that my favorite toaster strudel, personally, is the strawberry and cream cheese toaster strudel. And my friends, I don't think there's a better way to start your morning. I'll also, I'll, I'll say this, toaster strudels don't cost a lot, either. <laughs> I feel like people are more inclined to have Pop-Tarts around their house than toaster strudels, but it's not like toaster strudels cost like five times as much as Pop-Tarts. I feel like a box of each is about the same. Now, you might get a little bit more Pop-Tarts in your box than toaster strudels, but they're just going to cost the same, and you're really just out a, out a couple of pastries, you know? You're not going to really see much of a difference, I think, in terms of your bank account if you switch from toaster strudels from Pop-Tarts. Um, I will say this about Pop-Tarts, though, and this is something I'd have to give Team Pop-Tart. They don't lie to you. So, there is one thing Toaster Strudel lies to you about. Toaster Strudel would have you believe that with the pastries they give you and the packs of icing they give you, that it will be possible for you to have fun at breakfast, for you to be able to make all these interesting little intricate designs with your Toaster Strudel. And maybe if you are a very skinny person who doesn't have a lot of responsibilities in your life and you can really meticulously make a dandelion on your toaster strudel that's good for you but i think for the vast majority of the population what we find is that when we open the icing to the toaster strudel that it's very hard to cut it small enough so that we can make those intricate designs and i say intricate like even a smiley face is pretty hard a lot of times when I make a toaster strudel, it just blobs right on out and it just kind of glazes over the whole thing like a Krispy Kreme donut. I've never been able to really make a design with it at all. And it seems like because the toaster strudel is so warm, it melts the icing. And so even if I am able to get a little bit of a zigzag going, it usually just melts over into a glaze anyway. So basically, that kind of even adds to how hard it is to do, right? Because... Not only do you have to cut the icing pack small enough and be really careful and not starving <laughs> when you're making these designs on them, it's not enough to do that. You, you, um, you have to wait till the toaster strudel cools down so it doesn't just melt the icing. So when you start doing your little design, it doesn't just all go belly up. So uh, that's something I think is a little bit deceiving about Toaster Strudel's packaging. I would like to see in the future 
toaster strudels where you do their packaging where it's just a big blotch of icing in the middle of the pastry as opposed to like these little pre zigzags or smiley faces and stuff so that's something toaster strudel lies to you about and pop tarts to their credit they don't lie to you it literally will say on the box these taste better if you toast them you can eat them on the go it'll always say but recommended toasted and I've even seen some where they're like, hey, maybe even try me frozen, because essentially any way you can eat me other than straight out of the package will taste nicer. <laughs> the toaster strudel, I mean, not, not the toaster strudel, the Pop-Tart is very upfront with you and tells you this isn't going to be a party in your mouth if you don't do your due diligence. But I, I, I guess that's, uh, it's really a problem, right? Because the Pop-Tart is noble. It tells the truth. But I think there's an inherent flaw in the design. So I think the problem with the whole thing of if you really do take the time to toast the Pop-Tart instead of just eating it out of the pack, it's better. The problem with that, even though it's very, very true, it's I don't I'm not taking that back, it's still very, very true. The problem with that is that for most people who I think are getting the Pop-Tart to save time, and that's why they're not getting Toaster Strudel, because they need something on the go, then that just doesn't work. So, if you have to toast it anyway, you might as well have Toaster Strudel, because it'll still taste better even when it's toasted. See, it's a catch-22. It, the Pop-Tart tastes better when it's been toasted, but then why even buy them at all if that's the case? And then if you are going to eat your Pop-Tart just straight out of the pack and save time, as so many people do, I think you run into problems there because, again, it doesn't taste very nice that way. So it doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. So you can pretty much eat anything else and be just as fine. Like, there's not, it's, it's not like if I went to the doctor and said, hey, would you rather me eat a honey bun or a pop tart he's gonna choose one out of the other he's gonna be like um i don't want you to eat either of those things like neither one of those things is better than the other one so why wouldn't i just eat a honey bun why wouldn't i just eat a granola bar why wouldn't i just eat any one of the pre-packaged snack foods you can buy if i'm in such a hurry if i'm so get up and go first thing in the morning and this little packaged snack isn't providing me any nutritional value whatsoever and it's sugary and it's bad for me i'll at least eat some of the sugar and bad for me that tastes good you know i'll, I'll go with the honey bun i'll go with the, the donut i'll i don't know i just feel like the pop tart really can't win i do appreciate that toaster strudel put a mechanism in place for people to eat things the right way because a lot of times we think we're a lot busier than we actually are and I know that infuriates people when I say that because I've, I've done that in my personal life. Oh, no, I really am that busy. I think at a certain point, if you can't time manage your life so that you have two minutes it takes to make a toaster strudel, then you got problems because it really doesn't take very long at all. I'm not even saying you can't still eat toaster strudels on the go. You totally can, and I have. And I've done that in periods of my life where I was really busy, mind you. 
And, um, yeah, I still found two minutes a day to make the toaster strudel. So I think if you're someone who thinks I have to have the Pop-Tarts because I need to save time, there's just so many things wrong with that. And not the least of which is you need to organize your life in such a way that you have two minutes in the morning to make a toaster strudel. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tricky thing. And I guess I should have said earlier, I do have some bias in this debate that maybe is unfair to the Pop-Tart. I, I don't know who you are and what your background is, whoever is listening to this. But I will tell you, as someone who grew up in the part of the world I did, people who ate Pop-Tarts, I'm just going to say it like it was, were seen as white trash. And it was sort of like a, a joke, like, oh, look at that dumb redneck kid Billy. Oh, Billy eats his Pop-Tarts. And that's really unfair and disingenuous, because obviously <laughs> a lot of people, no matter where they live in America, or even the world for that matter, they eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast, you know? And... <laughs> It's just very stupid. I hold on to that. It's not like I was one of the people who would say that. I never made people feel bad or inferior because they ate Pop-Tarts. But I think hearing so much of that dialogue in middle school influenced my opinions even up to adulthood where it's like, oh, I don't want to be like poor little Billy. I, I want to be somebody. I want to get a toaster strudel. I'll try my best to help little Billy, but I just don't want to be like him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I don't mean to get real on you, but that was, a, that was something I heard a lot, especially, I would say, between fifth and ninth grade. There was something about that period of life where it seemed like if you were especially in, um, <sighs> How to put this? Southern United States, but also places that weren't too far from urban areas. So, suburban southern United States. I feel like there was, at least when I was growing up, a real thing a lot of people can attest to where people were bullied relentlessly for eating Pop-Tarts. And Pop-Tarts were like the symbol of being a little bit of a country bumpkin. And, again, I think it's unfair, and I, I definitely don't share those beliefs or espout them, but I, I'm going to be honest and tell you that they did probably influence why I tried to avoid Pop-Tarts myself, and maybe there were <laughs> maybe there was a window in my life where I could have potentially liked Pop-Tarts, but I didn't try Pop-Tarts then because I was afraid of being one of those people, you know, because that's how, that's how the, the bullies made you think. But you really see when you're an adult how silly stuff like that is. I mean, what, do they think people in Maine don't eat Pop-Tarts? <laughs> like, what, you think people who aren't in the southern United States who can't be, like, you know, like, people in Chicago eat Pop-Tarts? That's not, it's not exclusively a quote-unquote redneck thing at all. <laughs> Pop-Tarts are a very common American food. Interestingly enough, I mentioned I lived in Australia. I'll talk more about that, by the way, in a future podcast. In Australia, Pop-Tarts are almost seen as like a, 
like a very luxury commodity because they'll have Pop-Tarts in candy stores and charge like 10 times what they're worth in America. I feel like in America you can get like a massive box of Pop-Tarts. Wow, I know inflation's a thing and prices have gone up. But I feel like a year or two ago, I got this big 48-pack of Pop-Tarts, like a massive box. And it felt like it was like just ten dollars or less like it was probably like eight dollars for like basically 50 of them and you know just over there it was probably like eight dollars for a single pop tart so uh, people do eat pop tarts all over the world and uh, it's just really silly to i think paint people with that kind of a brush but not to get too much on that, I, I do just still believe that the toaster strudel is superior. Again, my personal favorite is strawberries and uh, cream cheese. But um, yeah, a lot of them are good. Like I had one one time that was like Boston cream pie. Oh wow, that was lit. Um, regular strawberries, pretty good. They even have these things, I think they're called scramblers, where they have like eggs and bacon and cheese and stuff like that in them. Wow, I just... I feel like in uh, my last podcast, I ended up talking about Pillsbury, too. I guess I'm a lot more brand loyal to Pillsbury than I realized, because they put out some great stuff. Like, Kellogg's, you can go you can go out the door with those Pop-Tarts. I'll see Pillsbury with them strudels. <laughs> well, I suppose that's really all I have to say. Um, Pop-Tarts versus Toaster Strudel. Toaster Strudel wins out. Now, my final topic of conversation for you today is goober peanut butter slash goober peanut butter and jelly. This won't be a very long segment. This will just be a nice little thing to sort of close out the podcast. It's something that I never really tried till recently. If you're unfamiliar with what it is, essentially it is peanut butter and jelly already mixed together in a jar so you don't have to buy peanut butter and you don't have to buy a thing of jelly you can just get it all in one jar now i will concede i didn't look into the economics of this i i assume that it's cheaper to get goober than to buy both of those things however you know if you buy both of those things then you're probably going to end up saving more money in the long run because you have more peanut butter and jelly if you buy them individually than put them together, obviously. So it could be that it's still technically cheaper to buy a jar of peanut butter and um, a jar of jelly. It could still be cheaper to do that. But if you're just looking at purely the individual cost of the items as opposed to the value you get out of them over time it could be that goober peanut butter is a little bit cheaper now this is like i was saying it's something i hadn't really tried until recently but my mind has really been expanded with this and and i'll tell you for why i think i've never really been too into pb and j until recently I know that sounds weird, because, like, PB&J feels as American as apple pie. But I was always one to get just, like, regular peanut butter sandwiches. Like, oh, I love a regular peanut butter sandwich. Like, just bread and peanut butter. 
peanut butter in general is like my favorite thing. Like Reese cups, oh, best candy, period. But yeah, um, maybe sometimes I would do like a peanut butter Nutella or peanut butter and banana. Never was too big though on peanut butter and jelly. But I think the reason for that is, is because right before I had my first goober peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I made just a regular peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So like the day before I bought the goober, I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with just regular peanut butter and just regular jelly. What I It was fine, but what I don't like about it is it felt like the jelly really overwhelms the peanut butter. Peanut butter is a weird thing because it has such a nice taste, but I feel like it's really easy to sort of um, underwhelm it. So, it's kind of like with Reese peanut butter cups. Obviously, the peanut butter is, I think, in my opinion, the shining star. But I, I would probably concede that the chocolate overpowers it. It's not like you bite into a Reese's peanut butter cup and it just tastes mostly of peanut butter. I think it tastes mostly of chocolate. It just tastes like chocolate with a bit of peanut butter. I guess that's my problem with peanut butter and jellies, is that it feels like I'm eating a jelly sandwich with some peanut butter as opposed to the other way around. And jelly's just fine, you know? I mean, that's not bad, but I just don't really feel like um, jelly does a lot for me personally, you know? <laughs> and uh, maybe that's silly, but it's just how I feel. I just don't think jelly is the life of the party. It's... You know, it, it kind of adds some vague sweetness to things, and I can't, I kind of do like the texture of it, but just flavor-wise, I don't know. I think there's just things that taste better. Like, you have to admit, Nutella tastes a lot better than a grape or strawberry jelly. So if you're going to use something that comes in a jar with your peanut butter, I, I think that's the way to go. If you're just talking about purely taste. So, I think that's the problem I've always had with peanut butter and jellies. It's just, I'm not a huge jelly guy, and the jelly just kind of overwhelms it for me. What I liked about the goober peanut butter, and why I think it's what I'm going to buy from now on, whenever I want a peanut butter and jelly, is that what they've done, that's so genius, and it's why it tastes so nice, is they've let the peanut butter and jelly kind of marry each other get to know one another so you get the goober pb and j and it just feels like everything's blending together better in my opinion it feels like this jelly and this peanut butter are long-term lovers like they've been in this jar together for a minute they have been through thick and thin together they've been through the ups and downs of their relationship <laughs> and it just feels like a really solid combination whereas if you just make a peanut butter and jelly at home it feels like a one night stand in your mouth it feels like oh i don't know this peanut butter that well but i guess here we are we'll have some fun and the peanut butter's all like oh this this jelly's kind of cute um i guess we'll we'll do this but <laughs> it's not like they know all of each other's intimate ticks Whereas the Gooper peanut butter and jelly, they know each other. They've, they've been together for a while. They're like a couple that has been together for five plus years, you know? 
not even just like a year, like five plus years. I feel like that's really the point in all relationships where you just really know a person. That there's, you know them in terms of the entirety of their being. Sometimes that could still be a, a big question mark, even after a year, you know? But the Goober peanut butter just feels like they really know each other, and they, they get along really well, and they've really worked hard to make it work. It just, it just feels like a, a match made in heaven. And the peanut butter, I will say, maybe you're thinking that because I'm such a peanut butter fan, what's good about the Goober peanut butter is the peanut butter is more potent. And while it's true the peanut butter is more potent, I wouldn't necessarily say it outshines the jelly. I feel like they're really on equal playing terms. So maybe I would like um, Goober peanut butter even a little bit more if the peanut butter was even more pronounced. But as is, I just feel like it's the best combination for everybody because I feel like both the jelly and the peanut butter are on equal playing fields there. Whereas... Whereas it definitely doesn't feel that way when you make it at home. Some, just some food for thought. Didn't. <laughs> uh, but I think that's that's basically all I've got for you today. I I highly recommend if you're someone who regularly eats peanut butter and jelly, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, why would I buy it already mixed up? Buy it already mixed up. I, I'm telling you, it will taste so much nicer. And I can't explain why it will, but it just will. It just feels like everything is more in harmony when you buy it already mixed together as opposed to buying it separately. So, yeah, my recommendations for you at the end of this. Buy Goober peanut butter, buy toaster strudels. Pop-Tarts do get a bad rap, but buy toaster strudels. And, yeah, the whole menu hacks at McDonald's needs an entire rethink. And... If anyone from McDonald's marketing team is hearing this, please contact me. I've got some more Hamburglar ideas for you. So, hit your boy up. <laughs> but as um, returning listeners know, I like to give my email address at the end of every podcast just so people have a way to reach out to me. So my email is thurstongwilliams at gmail.com. I want to thank you all so much for joining me today, and take care. I hope to um, be ranting to you and enjoying the company again this following Thursday. Thank you so much.